0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: 1874 Preview Show. Hello, welcome back to 1874. It's time for another match preview show as Aston Villa take on Arsenal at Fortress Villa Park. I'm your host, Friar Tuck, joined by <laughs> Dave Reed from St. George's Park. Dave Reid, you've been at St. George's <laughs> Park this week with the Lionesses. How was it? Oh, yeah, it was very
0: cold. I've been Wembley, I've been to uh, Hampden Park, I've, I've been all over, yes. But very cold, but I'm, I'm back back now, which is good. Managed to watch the game on uh, on the other
1: night, Wednesday night, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. amazing. And nothing more exciting than coming on and and doing a preview show with me, I'm sure.
0: Especially with your new haircut.
1: It's not that. It looks worse on the screen than, than it actually is. I was on Sky on Tuesday. I just said to you before we came up, my hair looked the best it had ever looked, though. Whoever did my makeup was spot on. I looked absolutely outrageous on on, on Tuesday on Sports, <laughs> Sports News, and I've not. I need a makeup person. I need a makeup person constantly in, in my life because it's not uh it, it's not happening for me today. Are you are you on with me next week? The transfer shows are back. Is it me unit Yes, next Thursday. Thursday. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm on. Come yes. on! I didn't realise I was with you. Getting yeah. there even better. The week just keeps getting better, and hopefully, Dave will be doing those transfer shows off the back of another Villa victory. I mean, if Villa can beat Arsenal on Saturday as well, off the back of beating Man City, make it 15 home games in a row. This, I mean, it's already like nothing I've ever seen, really. But it just keeps... Every time you think it can't get better, it kind of does. So, can it get better again on Saturday?
0: (laughs) Of course it can. Who who am I to sit here and say we're going to get beat on on Saturday evening? Um, It was a... I won't go over the City game because I know you did a show last night. Yeah, and people yeah
1: go back and watch and, that. And
0: yeah. listen to that. Um, but it was a total dismantling of Manchester City, the best team in the world, the best manager in the world. They tried two or three different things to try and get back in the game and nothing worked against Villa. So who's to say that Unai Emery hasn't got another plan up his sleeve this weekend to, to beat Arsenal? And I was just reading this morning that the Express and Star reporting that Unai took his players to Villa Park on the morning of the game against Manchester City and did an extra training session on the pitch at Villa Park on the oh. morning of the game uh, just to go through certain instructions and positioning of players. So uh, another kind of sign of how the manager goes in and, and leaves no stone unturned to, to try and get victories against these big teams in, in every single game.
1: Yeah, he just comes up with a with a game plan for every game as well. Jacob Tanswell was on with me last night. He explained Villa's game plan against Manchester City better than I ever could like, last night. What's Villa's game plan or what should Villa's game plan be against us? Because I guess we would have seen things on Tuesday when they when they played loose and I watched that game. We, they've seen things there that actually they maybe are a bit fragile at the back at the moment, despite, you know, before that game, they probably have the best defence in the league.
0: Yeah, um, I think, well, the, the team selection against Luton, I, I think he'll probably change things slightly. Yeah. He he loaded the team with with big lads, essentially, against Luton. That was to try and stop them from set pieces. And it didn't really work because Luton caused them real problems. And obviously, the, we'll probably go on to talk about the goalkeeper situation. But he started with Havertz in midfield. He started with Kivior at left back. Um, and, you know, those were basically, to, to go along with the rest of the back four, Ben White, Saliba Gabriel as, as as big lads essentially to try and stop them from set pieces so p- places that Villa can hurt Arsenal I would say set pieces is one of them, free kicks corners, corners especially because I don't think the keeper is going to be strong enough to come out and collect those crosses, certainly when you con- contrast David Raya at corners to Emi Martinez at corners it's it's kind of chalk and cheese really Raya
1: was really good at that last season, his numbers were right, were right up there for, for climbing crosses I believe
0: yeah, and it, it kind of goes to show the the things that have changed. Oh, I, either it's a coaching thing where the, the Arsenal goalkeeper coaches have told them not to come out, and wants the, the defenders the the kind of that they they defend with kind of four across the six yard box, and then they have four blockers or screeners, whatever you want to call them, to try and stop the runners. Whether it, you know the coaches are saying to the goalkeeper, don't come out and take take the crosses, down your line, we'll clear it, or whether it's a, a kind of personal choice from the goalkeeper in, in that position. But you're right, it seems to be something that's changed in David Raya's game, whereas he's not quite so sure when he's coming out to collect crosses and and deliveries into the box. Yeah, we won't do the goalkeeper
1: thing because it's been done to death everywhere else. There's no need for us to, to, to go over it as well. But actually, I remember... Yeah, Saliba is a, he's a brilliant defender, one of the best centre-backs in, in, in the Premier League, probably in Europe at the moment as as well. I just think back to the, the last time actually Villa lost or even dropped points in a home game was against Arsenal. I think of that fast start, Ollie Watkins kind of run, run Saliba and cut across him and, and hit the ball with his left foot across the goalkeeper and, and made it 1-0. This feels to me like a like a game for Watkins. He was not quiet on on, on Wednesday, but he w- wasn't heavily involved. But he always does his off the ball stuff very very well. He's just in terms of touches, he probably didn't have many touches of the ball. Arsenal have been a, a favourite opposition of of his. I believe he's an Arsenal fan as well. And if I just think back to that game, I feel like this is a game for Watkins. Yeah, he, Ollie Watkins
0: the other night was felt like more of a distraction for Manchester City than yeah. than a kind of real focal. Enabling the second was... runs. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think you know he'll he'll be itching to get a goal against Arsenal. Um, you know, obviously as as you say, he's an Arsenal supporter. So yeah, be be um, be interesting to see how he how Villa go forward and how they shape their attacks and whether he will stick on someone like Saliba and kind of play off him rather than Gabriel on the on the other side and try and run around him like he did in the in the in the four two game.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if there's anyone in the chat, by the way, but I'm not actually seeing anything at the moment. It could just be that there's nobody in in the chat. My producer will let me know in my ear. I'm I'm sure, oh, nothing's coming up for me, so that's good. I can't. So if I'm not involving you, it's not personal. I just can't see anything in the chat currently. Dave, how much difference will it make the fact that Arsenal have had an extra day's rest than Villa? Do you think that plays a part? Would you expect Villa to have to rotate a little bit from the team that they put out on Wednesday night?
0: Uh, yes, and yes, I think it does make a difference that Arsenal have had an extra day's rest, and I think there will be some form of rotation. Um, you know, there was so much energy expended on, on that game on on Wednesday night for Villa, and you know, so much mental uh, kind of uh, energy as well that was spent in that game. So you just hope that they're able to recover yesterday. You know, today will essentially be the final session ahead of that Arsenal game. I, I can't imagine it will be a very heavy session either. It will probably just be a kind of activation where they, they get their bodies moving again. And that it won't be a sort of heavy full training session just because they're simply not not the recovery time there. So um, you just hope that the Villa players have been able to recover yesterday, back in today and are really able to, to give as much as they did because it's been, you know, lots of people have been talking about this week. I think the players will have had it in their mind about this week as well, over the last few weeks, how exciting it is to be playing Manchester City and Arsenal, really feeling like they can take points off these teams. So I think going into these games, they'll they'll know the task at hand and they'll they'll have kind of prepared for both matches, I think, mentally, yeah. that they're going to have to go again. So you just hope that they're able to, to get back to those levels. I think the start to the game is going to be really key, you know. You've got to hope that they're not going to be flat from the start, and and the, you know the energy levels are there from the off. You would kind of expect to dip in the second half, given the amount of energy they expended in the in the in the game against Manchester City. So, you know, you just got to hope that they start the game well, rather than feeling like they're a little bit lethargic from the start.
1: I think maybe if we'd lost going into this game, you might have seen that maybe that 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 slow start, struggling, struggling to get a I think because they've just won, and the atmosphere is going to be fervent. Because I keep getting that word wrong, and I've been corrected a few times. Now, because of that, actually, the later kickoff might help as well. Not only in, in terms of the atmosphere, because people will be on the razz all day, but also because I think you know, Villa had a lunchtime kickoff. Now, teams sometimes struggle to get going in lunchtime kickoffs. The fact it's a five thirty, so I know it's only an extra few hours realistically. But it, but it, but it will help. So I think there are a few things that, that that will help Villa. I just think, I think that maybe mental tiredness is maybe going to be a worse thing than than physical tiredness because they were really every player to a man put their maximum in against Manchester City. Every player worked hard, and I would say every player played to the the best of their ability as well. And we're, we're going to need that again. What what changes do you think he he will make?
0: uh probably controversial he might decide to swap Moussa Diaby in for Leon Bailey i uh, know i know leon bailey played absolutely amazingly the other night and it was like the ball was kind of stuck to his foot his his ball retention has has gone to another level over the last few weeks he's able to not only keep the ball but take players on and make things happen as well um i just think that given the, the, the fact that Moussa Diaby came off the bench and he's going to be fresher, I think that will play into Unai Emery's thinking. I also wonder whether Jacob Ramsey might come right. in for a start in this game as well, in one of the wide areas. I think it will, will kind of depend what Unai Emery thinks Arsenal are going to do, whether he believes that Zinchenko is going to come in and therefore does he want a midfielder, similar to the way that Villa started the game against Tottenham, where you know we know that, that the Tottenham fullbacks like to come inside and play inverted, we know Zinchenko likes to come inside and be inverted. So whether he wants a midfielder like Begin out on that right-hand side to follow him in field, and then whether it's Jacob Ramsey that comes in for a start, I think he's probably fit enough. Well, I think he is definitely fit enough to start games now, whether he'll be able to last 90, but certainly get a strong 60, 65 minutes out of Jacob Ramsey. I think that might be good for him
1: too. Yeah, I think it probably will be the same back four and goalkeeper. Obviously, yes. obviously, I don't see a, a need to change that. I think Carlos and T- Torres were very good. concert was good at right-back as well. And Luca and as I say, I, I was critical of him at the start of the season, but he's been really, really good over the, over the last few months. It is, I think it'll be the team that finished the game. I think Ramsey will come in for for Tillemans. And I think Diaby will come in for, for Bailey. And you're right about Zinchenko. I think McGinn was excellent on the left the other night. But if you've got McGinn playing on the right, to not follow Zinchenko, but just be wary and be aware of the way Zinchenko plays the game and the way he drifts inside. I think tactically that probably makes sense for, for Villa. And then you've got Martinelli on, on that side as well. And actually, probably concert one-on-one with him is more suitable than, than, than Matty Cash. So I, I would go with that team. I'm, I think Eurn Emery will have to make at least one or two changes. I don't think he'll be able to roll out the same 11. And actually, you know, Bailey... <laughs> looked tired at the end of the game. He went off with a little bit of a knock as well. And we know now that, you know, OK, he can start games because we've, we've seen that against Manchester City. He was absolutely electric, but we know how good he is as coming on as, a, as an impact player to frighten Arsenal as well. So I, I agree with you. I think that's what he'll I do. I thought I'd
0: get hammered for that. I thought you'd hammer him for,
1: nah. for dropping Bailey after that. No, nah, football connoisseurs here, mate. We, we, we feel <laughs> the same. No, I think it makes sense. The, the, you backed it up and I'm backing it up as well. I think, I think it makes sense. To do that, he's a squad game and Leon Bailey spoke after the game on Amazon and he, he kind of feels at ease with with his role. He knows he's not going to play every game, but I think that suits him. I think that suits his body because he's a player that's fairly injury prone as well. I think he's really, really happy at Villa. I think he's happy coming on and trying to impact games after an hour because yeah, Ramsey may start, but he probably won't last more than 60, 70 minutes. And then mm. I think looking ahead, probably Moreno comes in, plays the Thursday Thursday game and gets his fitness up and maybe plays the Brentford game. Yeah. As well and gives Luca Dane a bit of a rest.
0: And the, the Moussa Diaby situation it's quite unusual, I, I guess, because you know, he hasn't he's not out of the team because he's playing poorly. I know he set himself such high standards at the start of the season, but you know, usually when a player gets dropped or another player it replaces him, it's because there's a drop in form and you know the manager's kind of stuck with him long enough and it you know, it's time to make a change. But for the Moussa Diaby situation, it's not like he's playing poorly, it's simply because Leon Bailey has done absolutely incredibly over the last few weeks and has kind of forced his way into that starting eleven. So I, I don't think there's any even concern on that front that, oh, Diaby is coming in, he's, he's not playing well at the moment. He is playing well. It was just that Leon Bailey was playing unbelievably well. So it's it's quite an unusual situation where the player actually that's going to be coming in or potentially starting this game isn't someone that, you know, supporters are thinking, oh, he's, he's not in the best form at the moment. He's playing well.
1: Yeah, it's also tactical, isn't it? And a lot re- revolves around the way Villa build it from the back, and actually, you know, how he sets up the back four. That's how he how he picks the rest of the of, of the team, really. So actually, actually, I've talked myself out of barely Bailey not playing now because usually when concert plays, and it kind of becomes a back three because Luca Dean pushes on very high on the ball, and concert won't go as far forward, and it almost becomes that back three. It's Bailey that provides the width on the right. I'm not sure that. He would play the Arby and Bailey's role. If the Arby's going to play, it's going to be up top with Watkins, which means with McGinn on the right, as we've just talked about, there wouldn't be that that width on the right if, if that makes sense. So it's it. So maybe the Cash would play if he's not playing Bailey. Yeah, I mean he he has done it before where he's he's
0: played kind of with with the with the four central midfielders essentially, um, but I think you're right. When that has happened, it's been Matty Cash as as the right back, and he has. Offered a threat, uh, not necessarily as the, the the player playing high, but as as someone who, when he can pick and choose when to when to go forward, um, so he, he has done it where he's played the full century midfielders, but I think probably in the most part it's happened when Cash has been at right back or in that kind of nominal sort of centre back right back position. So yeah, I think you you've got to think about. I, I mean, the way the way that Arsenal play, their threats. Are going to be coming? I don't know. Is that do they agree or is that? I'm talking raging.
1: I know right. raging with the boys, mad I'll stop in a minute. The, the way
0: Arsenal play, you know, they they want to build up out wide. They want to create triangles out wide. I think last season they played much more centrally, and Villa like to block up the centre of the pitch and force teams out wide. So you know, when Arsenal play, I think they'll be wanting to to, to create space out wide. So I think wide positions are going to be, going to be very important. To whether that's McGinn on the right, whether that's Bailey or uh, Ramsey on the other
1: side. I mean, this is the perils of live podcasting in the house, isn't it? I'm going to have to shout at the dogs live on the podcast. Say, Excuse me. No. No. Right. I think I've got them to be to be quiet now. I, I, no, obviously I haven't. I don't even know what I do here. This has never never happened before. Just to disclaim, it's not Tebow. Tebow's a very good boy. He doesn't, he doesn't make these noises. He doesn't bark at everything and anything. Um, where were we? I've completely forgotten, Dave. Distracted by the dog barks.
0: Out wide, things happening oh, out wide. I asshole. remembered
1: what I was going to say. So, the ha- I can't remember the game, but the, oh no, the doorbell now as well. It's absolutely all going on. Lee, play the Manscaped advert. This show is sponsored by Manscaped. Play the advert, please. Manscaped have been a friend of the channel for some time now, and they have launched a fantastic range of facial hair products, including the new Handyman Electric Face Shaver. This is designed to give your face that smooth finish without the mess of a wet shave, and it's the perfect tool for men with any beard length. So I've got it here in front of me. It's a very nice little bit of kit. Looks like a little bit like an old mobile phone, actually, in in some way. So I haven't actually used this yet, but it's very compact, it's very small, and yeah, so I feel like it would make a good Christmas present because I don't ever wet shave, but maybe this would encourage me to wet shave more because it. Is less faffy. I literally just whack it around my face, and it it does the job. So I haven't used it yet, but it looks like a nice piece of kit, perfect as a stocking filler this Christmas. Now, if you have a fuller beard like I normally do, they've also got a product called the Beard Hedger, and it comes in a lovely little packet like this. Not packet, it's not really a packet. Is it comes in a lovely little travel case let's call it you just charge it up as a usb charger so you just whack it in and charge it on usb and it charges very quickly now i have used this today you'll notice i've basically taken my beard off today using this product and yeah really really good it goes down from uh so basically you can start at a really high length the highest length you can start with is an eight and it obviously goes all the way down now i used a two to take my beard off today got my beard down to a number two it was really quick it did what i needed it to do and again probably a good stocking filler to to give to someone who who needs a product like like this apparently their cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all in one with one guard so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons and in fairness that is true because it has just got the the one thing on the top so these things with the the way that they've got the case as well you know easy to take away and just just stick in your wash bag and with Christmas coming up you know these are the kind of functional gifts that that men like so yeah I'd have a look at these if I was you and obviously if you do do it and you use our code which is the Villa View in all capital letters you will get 20% off and free shipping now great work from Adam Bates yet again because the channel isn't called the Villa View anymore, but the code is the Villa View, so you get 20% off and free shipping. All the details are in the description of this video, and I can genuinely review the product and say it's really good because I've used it, and you can visibly see that I've used it as well because there's nothing on my face like there normally is. Made me look about 15 years younger, I reckon. So, yeah, if you need some Manscaped products in your life, use our code, you'll get free shipping, and you'll also help our channel. Thank you very much, and thanks to Manscaped. Apologies there, but thank you to Manscaped <laughs> for sponsoring us. It really was not the time for Jehovah's Witnesses at the door at 10.30 on a on a Friday when I'm trying to do a live podcast and there's dogs in my house going absolutely berserk. So, yeah, apologies for the noise for those that will be listening after the show as well because, you know, that's going to be absolutely horrendous down the ears and there's nothing we can do about it. I was going to say there was a game, I can't remember the game, it may have even been Fulham, where Diaby actually was playing in the front two, but he provided the width and drifted very, very wide from the front two position. So maybe that's a, an option to provide the width on that side because you you have to have one player <laughs> either side stay wide, really. Uh,
0: yeah, and he's done that, actually, I think Leeds at home rings a bell as well where it was Leon Bailey that was part of the front two and he basically started as one of the front two but then drifted. When they're playing, fallback. coming in. Yeah, and drifted to either full-back and was trying to take on... Whichever fallback that was kind of on on the side where Villa were trying to progress the ball, so it's that's something he's done before. But you're right; I don't think Diaby plays or starts the game in a wide position. I just think no. he he prefers him in that in that front two as as kind of and then dropping off that Ollie Watkins position to to be part of the two two number ten position.
1: Yeah, let's talk about some of the Arsenal's players. Let's talk about Declan Rice because. I'm watching Declan Rice at the moment for, for Arsenal and he's reminding me of, of of Rodri, the way he's playing the game. He just, I don't know what it is, but since he's gone to Arsenal, he seems to be bigger. I know that's a bit like, what's that thumb keep coming up whenever I move my hand? He seems to be, um, he, seems, he seems to be bigger, have more stature and he just, you know, he's a Rolls-Royce of a diff- defensive midfielder anyway. Scored an important goal on, um, on Tuesday night. Just his all round game now. He is becoming one of the best defensive midfielders in in, in the world. Really, that he, he just looks like. I just think when I watched him the other day, I went back and watched the Wolves game. I just thought, "You are not Rodri now. You are you are that good."
0: Yeah, but I think. I mean, I kind of expected it. I can, I expected him to take his games to another level when he's around. Without trying to, it's going to sound disrespectful, but I'm not. I'm not meaning it to. Him. When he's around, better players at Arsenal, and and under a better manager who can teach him different things so i expected him to be better i think whatever money it was was it 100 million in the end slightly over 100 million that they paid yeah i think it's looking like it's going to sound stupid again Can't but a great bargain bit. david no no but a good <laughs> bit of business i'm going to say rather than a bargain a good bit of business because you know he can stay in that arsenal central midfield for kind of 7 8 maybe 10 years and i think arsenal have changed a little bit the way they they play this year you know they were a little bit more open last year, and they're conceding fewer goals, uh, scoring fewer goals, but conceding fewer goals this year. And I think Declan Rice is still learning that position as well under Mikel Arteta and learning what he wants him to do. I think um, you know he he will kind of drift into um, the kind of fullback positions and pick up the ball, or or drift into into kind of central areas to. To progress the ball forward, uh, I think he's a great player. He's, he's unbelievable. He can carry it as well. He's not just played in that defensive midfielder. He's played as one of the eights as well this year, and he can he can do everything. He can carry. He can defend. He can, you know, he can head it. He's big. You know, he, he's got everything that you want in that central midfield area. And it's now just a case of him, you know, learning, you know, the nuances of that position. And Rodri's played under the best manager for five six years now to to learn that position. And it's going to be that's why he was. That's why Guardiola was wanted to sign Declan Rice as well, because he's that good. He can play under any manager. He can play every position. He's absolutely top draw.
1: Yeah, they didn't put up a massive fight to get him, but they would have been really, well, Pep would have been really wary of him going to Arsenal, because he will have known how much Declan Rice would have improved that side, and he, he definitely has. He's such a good player, and and talking of good players as well, they're, they're talisman, really, Bakayo Saka on the right-hand side. I did, I did a segment on him on, at Sky on, on Tuesday, so I'm basically going to repeat to you what I said on, on Tuesday, but he just amazes me because I think because Jude Bellingham's so good and a young, a young English player, I think Saka almost doesn't get talked about enough. Saka's only 22. He's been in the Arsenal team for years now. He's played for his country for years. He's played two international tournaments. He was really, really good in the last tournament in the, in, in the World Cup. He's bounced back from adversity with the abhorrent um, racial abuse that he suffered after the Euros, after, after he missed the penalty. But every year he gets better. He never seems to get a rest because he's playing tournament football all the time, well into the summer, or playing international duty well into the summer. He comes back. I know he's had a a few knocks recently and a a little bit of an injury concern, but generally, he's durable and he plays every week. He's just hit 200 games for Arsenal. He gets a goal or an assist every single game. I don't think that Saka gets spoken about enough as the high-level player that he is, but I do think it's because people just talk about Jude Bellingham all the time, and Jude Bellingham is an absolute freak. I mean, it's hard to disagree with anything you've just said.
0: There, you know, he's um, he's a captain in the making for Arsenal Football Club. You know, he he is someone that embodies that football club coming through, the um, you know, academy, uh, Arsenal. Um, he away from football, you know, he talks so well. You know, he's he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, and. You know, we see it with the behind-the-scenes stuff with England, don't we? On the, on the TikTok and Instagram and the, the spelling stuff that happened during the World I don't, Cup. I don't say the
1: TikTok because I'm thirty, and I don't have to.
0: <laughs> um, and yeah, he's he's just an all-round nice guy. And you know, I've seen. I feel like I've seen lots of features where they've gone back to his old school yeah. and his old teachers have spoken about him, and it. It, it just seems like someone who, uh, you know, you could you could go on a nice. Nice walk in a park with, and have a lovely coffee at a cafe with a nice boy.
1: Yeah, lovely, lovely
0: player to watch as
1: as well. Absolutely brilliant. Villa can shut Saka down. They'll go a long way to to, to beat in Arsenal. I, I think it'll be interesting to see who does play actually. Whether it luca and who I think it will be, or or Alex Morano. You could actually argue that Alex Morano maybe is is more suit more suited. To playing up against Saka than Luka Dane but I don't think you can take Luka Dane out at the moment. I don't think that back four was so good the other night as well. We finally, finally kept a clean sheet from absolutely nowhere. I can't keep a clean sheet to save our lives. And then the time we don't do a preview and Dave Ray doesn't predict a clean sheet, we we keep a clean sheet I and you. I don't
0: I don't think I'd have predicted a clean sheet either in that Manchester City no. game so the one game I wouldn't have predicted a clean sheet we went and got it
1: I don't think you'd have predicted lots lots of things in that, in that game 22 <laughs> shots to two and Manchester no. City not having a shot for 80 85 minutes as well in the, in yeah. that game I don't think you would have predicted that either still absolutely buzzing for like I need to sit down at some point and watch 90 minutes that whole 90 minutes back because it was just absolutely wonderful Lee, our producer, was sat next to me while he sits next to me at Villa Park and we were just both in absolute awe of, of what was what was happening and hopefully we'll be in absolute awe again on Saturday against Arsenal. Give me a score prediction then, please, David. Are you going to predict a clean sheet again? No.
0: Uh, I'm going to go for one one I think, in this game. And I think four points from those two games will be outstanding. I think three points from the two games is outstanding. But now we're in this position, you want to take at
1: least a point. Yeah. I mean, deep, deep down, in my heart, I think that that we'll win, but I just felt it's arrogant to predict another win. <laughs> like have been I don't want to be greedy and predict yeah. another win. So I did my Who scored podcast predictions on Thursday, and I said two two, and I remember, I remember, a, I remember two two. Zach night scoring in the in the last minute. My predictions always tend to be based if I can go back a few years and remember a certain game and feel like this game might have a similar vibe, a similar feel. And if that was a night game, I've even been Boxing Day. Actually, so yeah, I'm going to go for for 2-2. Two, two. Pick a goal scorer for me, Dave, for Villa. Pick, pick me a pick goal scorer. Up.
0: Well, I, I'm going to state the obvious here, but Ollie Watkins, I'm yeah, going to go with. This is his this is his day. I'm, I, I really fancy him to, uh, to get one at the weekend. I think... You know the, the the second half of this game against Arsenal is going to be so important because Arsenal have scored the majority of their goals in the Premier League after the seventy fifth minute. So if there's any type of tiredness that kicks in, I think the substitutions are going to be vital for Unai Emery in this game to really either see the game out or try and get back into the game in the in the final fifteen minutes. So I think it's going to be substitutions are going to be key. But Ollie Watkins as my goal scorer.
1: Bizarrely, against City, I felt like Villa had the better options coming off the bench. I think Villa, I felt like Villa had more on their bench, but Arsenal's squad's a bit bigger than, than City, so they will have players to bring on and, and change the game depending on, on on who they start. Like I can see Ancelotti starting this game, for example, and Jesus coming on. Trossard is always a brilliant option from the bench. He scored lots of goals off the bench. But for Arsenal, if they need to regain a bit of control, they might have Jorginho to bring on. So, Arsenal will have players to come on and and mix it up and and change the game a little bit. But so so will Villa. So, it's going to be... Look, it's going to be a brilliant game on Saturday. It's it's on Sky. It'll be a packed full house as well. It's going to be a brilliant, brilliant night. And hopefully... Come Monday, when Greg and I log on to do a podcast, we'll be talking about three points for Aston Villa. Thanks to those that have joined us in the chat. I haven't seen anything you've said, but I'm sure there was lots of lovely, lovely things in there. So thank you for joining us live on the show. Thanks to Dave Reed for joining me. Always a pleasure to talk to you and link up with you, David. Thanks to Lee for producing. Go back and watch the Manchester City show. If you haven't watched that, Jacob Tanswell from The Athletic and myself did a half an hour-ish last night on the Man City Games. So go and treat yourself to a watch or a listen of that. If you haven't done so already, apologies for the massive disruption and naughty doggy behavior. Thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring us as well. And as always, up the villa.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.